Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling to you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. You, you may be seated. I do find passages like this somewhat problematic because a healing occurs, right? Anybody pray for a healing in their life, in the life of somebody else? Has that anybody have that healing you prayed for not come true, where you feel the prayer wasn't answered, right? Anybody wonder why? Why not? Why did somebody else get healed? But yet, the prayer that I had wasn't. I think there's an aspect. We can see these miracles of Jesus be done, and it can raise some questions. Why? Faith made you well. Is there something wrong with my faith? Did I not believe enough? What is wrong with me? Does that make sense? And it just kind of leads down this rabbit hole that's just, so I have to do this more. I have to do this. I better go to, right? I'm going to give. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to, all these things, so that I can. Hopefully this prayer, or my next prayer, will be answered. And so when we hear these readings in Scripture from Jesus, I think we need to temper ourselves. And while I do believe it occurred here, that does not mean it will occur all the time. I am not Jesus. You are not Jesus. While we do say, right, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, it doesn't mean we can do the same, exact same things always that Jesus does. And that doesn't mean that miracles don't occur, but I think we need to remove ourselves from the mindset of 
if I just have enough faith, then this will occur. I think that's just setting us up for failure. And so I want to propose another way of looking at things from a stepping back, a larger perspective of what Jesus is doing and how, as an observer of this going on, how this changes our perspective on how we view the world and the world around us. So as opposed to how are we the blind man and how can we get the miracle that we want, right? How do we put ourselves in the crowd and see what Jesus is doing and allow our perspective to be turned upside down because we think, Jesus, that's not what you should be doing. And instead, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Because the last two weeks, we've had readings in which Jesus is interacting with people almost on the other end of the spectrum or hoping for something on the other end of the spectrum. I think it was two weeks ago or last week, I get him confused, but we had the rich young ruler. Remember the story of the rich young ruler, right? He asks the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And does anyone remember the response of Jesus? Sell, you guys are really good. I'm impressed. Sell everything and give your money to the and what does he do? He goes away unhappy, sad, however you want to put it, because he had he had lots, many possessions. So here's Jesus interacting with somebody who wants more and he's telling them this is what you have to do. Right? This is what you have to do. Then the prior week or last week, he talks with James and John. Right after he explains to them the Messiah must suffer and die. And James and John, essentially, they ask, does anyone remember what the question they're asking is? Who's going to sit on the right? Who's going to sit on the left? Essentially, Jesus, after you're gone, who's going to be the leader? <laughs> right? So they're looking for this way to elevate themselves. And essentially, Jesus says, do you really think you can drink from the cup that I'm going to drink from? Do you really understand what you are asking? Do you really understand that, right? So Jesus has these interactions with people who are close. And essentially, they're going to have to do something. But now Jesus has this interaction with the blind man, Bartimaeus. And he cries out, Lord, have mercy on me. We sing When we sing our liturgy, that's Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy on me. So one thing to remember is when we sing our liturgy, these words that are repetitive, that we do week in and week out, there's a reason why. It's not that we're lazy and nobody wants to think of something new to say. It's that we're echoing words from those who have gone before us. We're putting ourselves in their place at, as well. Lord, have mercy on me. That we all are reaching out for this healing. So this blind man, Lord, have mercy on me. And what did the crowd around him try and do? Shut him up. Who do you think you are? You're a beggar on the side of the road, right? Somebody on the side of the road that's kind of indicative of you're not going anywhere. 
You are dependent on somebody else for everything. You do it yourself because you're not within the city gates. You're not in the city. You've been cast out. You're on the outside. You're not on the road, on a destination, on a journey. You're on the side of the road just being sidetracked or being left out and just good luck. And so they want him to be quiet, but Jesus hears this and says, bring him to me. So you can see the people are like, wait a minute, Jesus. These, again, aren't the people you're supposed to be interacting with. These aren't the important people of the day. Don't you understand what you're going to do with your reputation if these are the people you consort with? <laughs> Nobody's worried about that kind of thing today, are they? So in just... Said, Jesus brings him close. What do you ask of me? He wants to see. He wants to see. And Jesus' response, I think, this is really what is offensive to people. Jesus' response to him is, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The irony is, the thought of the day is, it's his faith that has made him unwell. Is that the reason why these things have befallen him is he or someone else he is close to has sinned. There's another story in the Bible where they say, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? But there's a reason why this man is blind. You did something to deserve it. And so here is your uh, punishment. It's that he didn't have enough faith that he was blind. And now Jesus is saying, your faith has made you well. Can you imagine the people that are watching the scene go on or hearing this story, how dumbfounded they are? They're saying this man has no faith. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in this predicament. It's his own fault that he is in the situation he is in. And if he wants to be move up in life, well, then he better get to work. He better take responsibility for his own actions. Nobody has that attitude in our world today, do they? That's not to say we're powerless overall, and let's be honest about understanding the situation some people find themselves in. There's a reason why we use the word privilege. Some people are privileged. Some people are not. Some people are born in such situations. Some things occur outside of our control. Some people are lucky. Some people are not. But we all don't start off on this equal path where everything we have is just a direct result of our own work. And that's not to say your work doesn't matter. Let's be honest, right? Let's be clear about that. But equal work does not mean equal results. Does that make sense? And I think what God is asking us to do is open up our eyes to that reality of the world around us. that each of us have an inherent value and worth. But it is not recognized by everybody. 
or treated the same by everybody. And then inherent value and worth comes from God and God alone. You are loved. Period. Our job as followers of Jesus is to do our best to live from that place of loveness. Loveness? Is that a word? It is now. <laughs> live from that place of love. Which means if we live from that place of love, where I understand, oh, I am accepted, I have a much easier time of accepting others. But if I'm struggling continually with, am I accepted, am I not? Am I worthy, am I not? Am I enough, am I not? I'm gonna, that's going to pour out of me in all my other relationships as well. Faith is trusting you are enough and living from that. Faith, I want to get away from it being a noun, as it's something you have. It's a verb of something you do or you live from. Does that make sense? It's trust. I've shared the story before of, I'm almost going to say I'll probably share it again, but only if it comes up in the next four weeks. There's a tightrope walker, the great Blondin. I say, stop me if you've heard this before, but too bad. <laughs> right? And he crosses back and forth across Niagara Falls. It's the early 20th century, 1900s, right? And he has a crowd of some royalty there from Europe that had come to watch him do this, and he goes across by himself, he goes across with the wheelbarrow, goes across the wheelbarrow full of something, and he keeps saying, do you think I can cross this way? And the crowd says, yes, we believe. Do you think I can do this? Yes, we believe. Eventually he says, do you think I can cross with somebody in the wheelbarrow? Right? And the response is, yes, I believe. Then he goes, who wants to be the one to get in the wheelbarrow? Trust leads to get into that wheelbarrow. Does that make sense? There's a difference between belief, just saying it, I can answer the question on the test correctly, and actually stepping in, which is just terrifying. And trusting that it'll be okay, right? A life of faith is living from that place of love. Trusting God loves me. Trusting God loves you. And then letting that love be what is the, prior, the main thing that dictates all of our relationships with each other. Which can be really terrifying, right? Right? Which means maybe I'll be vulnerable with somebody. Ooh. Which means maybe there'll be people that know the parts of me that I'm not real proud of. Right? But it's living from this place because I know I'm loved, I'm able to. Not just something I say, but it's something I do. So as we go from this place, may you know you are loved. May that be the root 
of your faith so you may go and extend that loveness to others. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.